0: Hey guys, it's your girl Kelsey Lynn and welcome to the glass hearts podcast um, where this is a safe space for you for us to talk about everything that we don't feel comfortable talking about or safe talking about or if we have anybody in this moment (laughs) that we have anybody (laughs) (laughs) to talk to about like her her death threat of bees. Apparently we have um, a bee infestation in the room, and Dawn felt like she was about to get attacked. I was about to. It was the scream for me because it, it was, was a genius. moment, and then all you hear. Something. Because I saw it in my
1: peripheral, so it seemed bigger than what it was. Oh my god! Well,
0: that's a great introduction. That was. Hi. <laughs> pull your mic closer you're scared your mic away oh my gosh. <laughs> it was just in my peripheral and I just I felt like it was
1: like this oh okay oh my god I'm Ooh. done <laughs> what's up? the one I'm that Kelly. wants to live in the wilderness you might have to say
0: know, your name right? again because she over here pleading for her life on camera <laughs> what's up you
2: guys I'm Kelly
0: so today, we're just really just talking about relationships, you guys. Um, we might venture off and talk about whatever else. It's okay. It's <laughs> All right. <laughs> so how's your relationship with bees? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> they're, they're not we're good. They're not bugs. It's just bugs,
1: period. <laughs> bees. I, you know, I just got over my fear of June bugs. Like, I am able to...
0: Are you really away? scared of bugs
1: like that? Like yes, in general? I don't like them. Like spiders, I do not I do not like them. Okay, bugs. I think this is a great
0: segue because oh. I can go into your relationship with your dad with this. Because yeah. you had the kind of father that just did everything for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm assuming he killed all your bugs.
1: So if it wasn't my dad, it was my mom, if it wasn't my mom, it was my big sister, and then if it wasn't them my little sister, she likes bugs uh-huh. at one point in time so she would collect them. So she had an actual um uh, like a bug aquarium. Oh, I don't know no, what you no. would call it, but oh, she got it in oh. no. My little sister when she was little, <laughs> my she 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 was very like, you know, like a Bill Nye the Science Guy kind of girl, okay? So she had this um my mom bought it for her, and it had the backdrop of it had all these bugs, and then it gave her a book. And she would, if she found a moth, she was supposed to like find them, like whatever type of moth she found, she was supposed to like find it in the book and then like know like the name or the species Mm. of what it came from. And so she had ants, she had all kind of stuff in there. So at the time- What did you do
2: when you moved though?
1: When right, I moved yeah. on my, own. you moved
2: on your own and nobody was there to save you. Well, I have, she called her my, neighbors. I, my really? neighbor, Oh, yes. all she of had, my neighbors. She has
0: neighbors that literally would come over to our house to hang a picture. Yeah,
1: I, I, I really a did picture. not know that that wasn't normal until other people started finding out. Like these are the things that I had I asked them to do, um, and then they did it. And so when I started sharing, so Kelsey, you know, being Kelsey was like. Don, just put it up. And I'll be like, who's going to put the cabinet together? You do it. And I will be like, no. Like, I can program the microwave. I can set the time on that. I can set the time on the stove. Um, I've actually put a the TV stand together. Like, me and my son, we did it when we first got, like, our TV. Um, but other than that, that's just not,
0: no. None of it. Like, she had a yeah. shelf, y'all, that <laughs> no. was a basic... Shelf when she was moving, and I was like, Why you ain't take that shelf down? You done got everything else. She was like, Oh, I'm waiting for a man to come do it. I said, like, Oh, girl, I can do that. I can take the shelf down. And so, all you have to do is you know what? They have those little stickers where the screws are, you just remove those stickers and unscrew it, and then it comes right off. She's like, See, I didn't even know anything about that. <laughs> That's just something that I
1: like. I just, you know, like. Like, even taking care
0: of my... my, But but I think that's a testament of her relationship with her father and how mm -hmm. he took care of her. Yeah, if You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, when my car would die, I would... I would... The first person that I always called was my dad. Mm -hmm. For everything. Like, Daddy, my car is making this, like, rat-a-tat-tat noise. Mm -hmm. He'd be like, okay, turn it on. And I would literally, like, turn it on, then run to the front of the car, hold the car down. And I'd be like, you hear it? And he'd be like, yeah, I hear it. And he'd be like, bring it over here. So I would Mm -hmm. literally pass... 500 mechanics to get to my dad's house for him to take me to one of the 500 mechanics that I passed getting to his house. But it was just something about him being with me. Mm-hmm. Don't laugh at me.
2: I'm not laughing. <laughs> I
1: find I'm just finding was, it
0: fascinating. But
1: yeah, it was something about him being with me that would like go with me that I felt safe. And then I felt like because I had a man that they weren't going to try to price gouge me right. or take advantage. Yeah. And so those are the things that I... I I realize now, because he's not here, um, that I've had to, like, grow up and do, you know, on my own. Like, I remember having a flat tire, and I had a whole breakdown, because I was like, and this is a little bit after my dad passed, and I was like, see, God? Like, this is why you were supposed to give me my husband when before my dad passed, or like right after, because then I wouldn't have to sit here and deal with this, you know, by myself. And he was like, but you're not by yourself, because I'm with you. And I was able to call my brother-in-law. And I had, like, this whole, you know, like, moment. And my sister was like, you know your brother-in-law. Like, well, me and my brother-in-law, our relationship is really close. Like, I don't even introduce him as my brother-in-law because we really are close, like, brother and sister. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, that's my brother. So he was like, don't worry about it. I'll be there in a minute. And he came. And he was at work. So he drove his car. Like, yeah, he was at work. He had just started his shift. And he was like, just stay there. Sit in the car. Are you safe? And I was like, yeah. So he came, he put air in my tire, and on the car, it'll tell you, like, you know, your air is supposed to be at this, whatever. And then, so as he put air in it, it went up, but then it would come back down. So he was like, okay, so you have a slow leak. So I'm like, but what? You know, in my mind, I'm like, "What?" The end of the world. And he was like, just go to the tire shop <laughs> around the corner from the house. They will help you. And I was like, but am I going to make it home safe? And he was like, yeah. Just drive, you know. And I was like, <laughs> See, my
2: experience is different. Like my dad will do it the first couple times, but if I like one time I kept having tire issues. After a while, I was like, "All right, you gonna? I'm gonna have to teach you. Like
0: yeah, you are gonna no, have no. to figure
2: this out because I now I need you. I need to know that if I'm not able to come, that you're gonna be able to figure it out because I'm not gonna always be able to come. I, and that's how know. I realized too in my relationships. Like I have friends that are like, "Nope, I'm not putting gas in the car. I'm not doing. I'm not anything car maintenance. I'm not doing anything." men are supposed to do I'm not mm-hmm. doing it but me I I'm like no I can figure it out if he can do it and you are free by all means but if you're not it's not I like a it. deal breaker yep. it's not one of those things yeah. that oh he didn't do this so it's an absolute no yeah no. and then even the way my mom was like my mom not waiting for my dad to take the trash out my mom don't like the smell of the trash. She not waiting to ask no man. She about yeah, to take I, that I, trash yeah, out right now. It. I
1: If if I was in the car and <coughs> I had to go to the gas station with my dad, even when my dad um, got his leg amputated and had a prosthetic, he would still get out. And I'd be like, Daddy, I can do it. He'd be like, no, I got it. Let mm-hmm. me exercise. Like, my dad was that that, that man, like that man-man. You know what I mean? Like, there were certain things that he just did as a man and, like, doing for me, was one of them, and so even up until he passed, and I was forty one, um, there was just certain things that I did not, I did not do. So, and there were a lot of lessons, you know, that he taught me, and there were a lot of things that I wish I would have listened to a lot sooner, because now I have a whole lot of questions that I would love to go back and ask him mm. that I, I can't ask him, you know, yeah. but. Um, but those those things about like putting gas in my car, keeping my car washed, he was the one that would always tell me like keep your car clean, you know don't leave stuff in your car. And you know I I used to put like my change in the cup holder, um, just you know so like if you go through the drive through and they ask oh you know your total is ten fifty two, you know I look in the cup holder and get the fifty two cents. And he would always tell me like you do not leave you know you stop leaving stuff in your car. And then when my car started getting broken into. Um, and he'll be like, this is why I tell you not to leave stuff in your car. And it was just, and he would, even, it's so many things. Like he would tell me, you know, you don't have everybody at your house. Cause I used to do, um, you know, when I was younger, I had a whole lot of friends. And so my house was like the spot. Cause I was like one of the first people in my age group to, to get their own place. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I would tell him about, like, oh, you know, my friends are coming over. and We used to do Taco Tuesdays before Taco Tuesday was a thing. And we would do, like, Taco Tuesday or fried chicken Friday or fish or whatever. And um, he would be like, girl, you don't have all them people in your house. You go. And I would be like... But, Daddy, these are my friends. <laughs> he would be like. <laughs> he would be oh like. Oh,
2: my God. You know. <laughs> That's so. You know. It's just, so innocent. It's like, so, it's true. But they these know. And I'm like,
1: Ooh. but these are my friends. Like, nobody's going to do me wrong. You know, like, my house is the spot. They want to come over here. And it was just like, you don't have all these people in your house. And I was just like, okay. And so now I get it. And so now, you know, my son, I'm like, you don't have everybody in your house. Um. It's so many things. Oh, being out late. He used to get on me about that, you know, because I, I don't know. I just I didn't have a fear of a whole lot of stuff, so I would leave, walk out the house nine, ten o'clock at night to go somewhere. If it was to go get something to eat, um, it used to be a twenty four hour Walmart, so. If I used to want to redo my bathroom at 1 o'clock in the morning, I decided like, oh, I need new bath mats. So I need new towels. I know Walmart is open. Mm -hmm. Or Kmart, that's what it was, Um, the 24-hour Kmart. Before they closed it, You know, I would go. And he would be so upset. And then he would tell me stuff like, whenever you go somewhere, tell somebody who you're with just in case something happens. And now you see all of these people that come up missing, that come up dead, that things happen to them. And everyone's first question is, well, where were they going? Who were they with? You know, when did they leave? Did they tell anybody when they were there? And so these are things that, like, in my mind, it was like, dang, like, why Why you always want to know? Like, I'll be right back. And it wasn't about me being right back. It was just, girl, you tell somebody where you're going and who you are going to be with just in case something happens, because those are the questions that somebody is going to ask, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I, I realize that I've, I've had a different, um,
0: a different daddy-daughter experience. I know for me, um, my upbringing really installed, um, I had the word in my head, now it's out of my head, uh, independence. Mm-hmm. Because my mom did not know a lot. And so I had to find out for myself. Mm. And my dad knew a lot. But if he knew, then he taught me. He made me learn it. So the first and the only time I ever changed a tire was in his garage. Oh, yeah. I'm He was tire. like, you know how to change a tire? Mm-hmm. No. I'm a girl. I'm 13. I don't want to change <laughs> no tire. He was like, "You gonna learn today? How, Sway? Mm-hmm. Like, who? You about to teach me how to? Mm-hmm. That tire is big, That's and it's dirty. Mm-hmm. It's dirty, it's nasty. I'm in my good clothes, and it's a Mercedes. That's a big rim, and you yeah. bougie, and That's it's how dirty. That was too, girl."
2: I, I, Done it with my dad just once. He don't make sure he shows me at least once, once whether I actually yep. do it, you know. No. But it's like just in case that one time yep. you're stuck somewhere yep. you know and you have to it. figure it out, you're exactly. gonna remember this exactly. Or luckily, technology. Maybe he could. He will have to talk me through it over the phone, like mm-hmm. whatever it is. But he was big on that, and I, I'm that independence was instilled in me too.
0: But now, where I am in my relationships, I have to make sure that personally, I'm not too independent in a relationship Mm -hmm. you know so i i always look to make room for the people who i'm dating or in a relationship with you want to open my door go right ahead but that's also the southern woman in me right Mm -hmm. you want to pay for my meal? okay go right ahead like i appreciate it next time it's on me if you allow me to you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying but making sure that i'm not too independent that i can't walk in the fullness of my femininity Mm -hmm. because by myself I can't be the full feminine person that I want to be alone right because I don't have someone filling in those gaps right now yeah it's not until Mm -hmm. someone is in your life that you get to actually practice that the only time I get to practice my full femininity is in relationships and that's why people think like Oh, you gonna be you this in the relationship? I was like, no, I'm actually not. I'm actually the exact opposite in a relationship. I'm very vulnerable. I am um, very submissive in a relationship. I'm not the person that you get to see in front of you like this. I'm not the direct da 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 in a and relationship. I don't want to be. I don't think we're not supposed to be like that. No, but I don't. See? The thing is, I don't get to be in it because right. I wasn't raised with <clears throat> my father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
2: I was. So my experience is a little, a lot different, I guess. Similar in the sense of... I had my dad. My dad was there. If I called him, no question. But teaching me independence. My mom, in a marriage, happily married, very independent woman. And she even instilled, like, I love your dad. That's my that's my guy. That's my best friend. But if something were to happen to him or he wanted to one day go do his own thing, I could take care of me and I could take care of my kids. And so she instilled that in us. Like You always be able to take care of yourself regardless of what's going on yeah. with the man in your life. And so... I was thinking about this today, like, when I think about it, I feel like I was raised to be a wife, because I was raised by a wife. So I watched my mom be an amazing wife to my dad, an amazing mom, and so, like, I've been acting as a wife since I was a teenager, because that's what I knew, and that's how Mm -hmm. I knew to show up in relationships and love, and that obviously is not healthy as a 13-year-old trying to be a wife to a 13-year-old boy. Oh, my gosh. So... That has always been my lesson over the years is, like, how to balance to balance that, to not give too much, to not give too much too soon. Um, is it time yet? Can I be who I really am? Because that's how I was raised to love, mm-hmm. and that's how I feel comfortable showing up is, like, loving and giving mm-hmm. and giving doing. Giving a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Yeah. And, like, learning, okay, scale it back. He doesn't deserve all of that. That's not your husband. That's not how you show up in this relationship. And I'm still trying to learn that balance because now I'm at the point where it's like, okay, so I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But it's like, okay, but is it time? Is it safe to do that now? And
0: Because no one taught us how to date.
2: No, I don't know how to date. I no know one taught, taught us how name. to date. We had
0: to learn this by, like, trial and yes, error. I don't like You that know what name. I'm saying? Like, to know that I need to give you boundaries. Mm. Oh, I just thought we just hop in this thing and. You mind, I'm yours. Hey, boo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, no one taught us, like, okay, if he's showing you this, you need to scale back a little bit. Mm -hmm. No one taught us how to gauge a relationship. How safe is it as far as emotionally? You know what I'm saying? I think it's one thing
2: to be told it. Like, I feel like I was told don't do this, don't do that, but that's not what I saw. That wasn't the example. So I'm being told through words here and there you know, this is how it should be, but in my day to day, it's like that's not. Well, I mean, the you example. definitely not going
0: to see it if your parents are married. Yeah. You know? So obviously, you already got the wife part now. I think someone compatible for for the life partner <laughs> right is the part where we're like, what's up, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> when he can he at? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: I think my mom taught me that independence like that too. Like yeah. I my mom worked, she came home, she took care of us, she made a meal. My mom and my dad weren't married. Um, and even though they weren't married and weren't in the same house, I still very much was a daddy's girl. And, but what my mom did teach me inadvertently was, take care of yourself, take care of your house, you know. Um, and I grew, within that, I grew up a little faster because I had my little sister and my little brother that I had to help take care of. And so with me, my relationships, the desire that I had to want somebody to look at me um, with the same love that I was giving out, because mm-hmm. at a very young age, I was already given, I was already nurturing, you know, I was already like, getting out of school, picking my little sister and brother up from the daycare, making sure that they did their homework, making sure that they had a snack, taking, you know, the chicken out the freezer or starting the sides or whatever it is that my mom told me to do at a young age. So in my mind, I was grown, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: I wanted to do grown things, and that matured me a lot faster than a lot of the other girls because I just, things that they were talking about or, like, being on the cheerleading team after school or going to something else after school, I was going home to be the junior mom. And so I think in that wanting to be a junior mom, the, um, the relationship piece, you know, was missing. Like, well, where's the junior dad? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing all of these things. And so I ended up, you know, having an older boyfriend, we, which brought all of these other things. He exposed me to life um, a lot faster than I probably should have been exposed to it. And ended up having a baby early. And so, although I was playing junior mom, Mm -hmm. now I am a mom. Right. You know, at 14, which catapulted me from being this 14-year-old teenage girl to now being a 14-year-old teenage mom, having to take on the roles of a mom when I should have been just taking on the roles of, like, growing up as a young girl. So you like, was like a Mary and you had a baby Jesus. So I was like, yeah, but except I wouldn't virgin, <laughs> virgin. Um and, and ain't no angel <laughs> appeared upon well, they my they say Joseph. Mary was like 13 <laughs> Yeah, well, she, she had 13. Said Jesus. Mm-hmm. 13. So, yeah, so, and I, I look at that. Um, I always think about that, too, because especially, like, when I had my son, there were so many people... That, you know, just came down on me. But then there was a community of women that came out the woodworks and was like, you can do it. We're proud of you. And when um, I had my son, you know, my mom, she decided she, the, the decision was up to me. And she was like, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the day that I found out I was pregnant, she was like, and I called her and I told her. She was like, so what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm keeping my baby. Right. Like, I, there's not an option. She was like, okay, I'll support you. And my dad, on the other hand, not so much, but uh, he finally came around. Um, but I think about that because there were so many women that came out and were telling me how they had to have tabletop abortions, how mm. their child was taken away from them, and then they were sent away, and then they came back, and it was like they came back, and then they raised this their baby as their little sister, and so mm. or the baby was sent away to a family who couldn't have kids. And so just... All of these women um, with all of these different stories. And literally, Dijon was the... He literally brought the village together. Like, I had a neighbor across the street. She bought me, like, the Cadillac of all strollers. It was like a stroller back then, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, technology now, I mean, you're talking about 30 years ago. So, mm-hmm. technology now, the strollers are completely different. You hit a button, it's popping out, the car seat comes out the car for you, it, it has legs, it pops <laughs> itself in the thing. Car. It's the whole thing. You don't have to do nothing. <laughs> Here I am, you know, gotta pull this part, push this part, you hold that part, pull the legs out, but it was still the top of the line stroller. Um, and then, my sister's friend, she bought me a car seat I didn't even have a car I wasn't even old enough to drive I couldn't even drive and then it was just like all these people just came out and loved on this kid and um and so I didn't have the typical teen mom story where like I struggled and I did this like no I went through high school I was on the drill team I had a position in student council but that speaks to um The community, right, and it speaks to like even in my mess, God had me, you know. And I think of like only God can create a baby in a in this crazy environment that it was in. That was still my blessing, and He saved me. So just like you know, like how Jesus came to save the world, like Dijon Conant, He came and He saved me because if if it wasn't, I know that I would not be sitting here telling this story um having the life that I have if it wasn't for the fact that I had him
0: so young where do you think you would be had you not had your son (sighs) I,
1: I don't know I don't think I would be here because so much of everything I did was for him like there was my mindset completely shifted it I mean like when I when I once I came into of like okay you're pregnant Um, you're going to have this kid. This kid is looking up to you. Mm -hmm. Not anybody else. He's looking up to you. There were things in me, and then I I remember just, like, praying, like, God, like, I give this baby to you. Like, I'm going to really need you to help me with him. Before I even knew, you know, how we're supposed to give our kids back to God, like, I just, I remember praying and just saying, like, if you help me, you know, I will give you all the glory. Mm -hmm. And he did. He literally... When I tell everybody, God, Dijon is God's child. He is, because I was not...
0: Didn't I say Mary and Jesus? I, I wasn't mentally... thought I was playing.
1: No, he, he is. I wasn't mentally stable enough. Like, there were things that I just still wanted to do. I was 14. So I wanted to still do things that 14-year-olds are doing. Like, my friends that were going out, going to parties. I remember going to the first party after I had him. And I was dancing with this guy. And um, he had a gun in his pocket. It was like some hood party but I just wanted to go out like I just wanted to go out I wanted to go out and have a good time and we dancing and I feel something hard and I'm like dang like is it that hard like and I like touch it and I'm like that's not what I thought
0: it nah, was. That, wait, wait, press, <laughs> yeah. pause, press pause on the story In Not she bed. touch it
2: I did because I I no, we heard that, that part. Oh yeah, I, I,
0: needed, I, was I needed to see like, what's I going,
2: going
1: even, on. I am not even about to. <laughs> she uh, it." No, I was like, "Let me like what is?" That? I like, oh this. yeah, that's not what I thought it. That's a whole. It's a whole barrel. It's a whole barrel. And I was like, "Yeah, we gotta Uh-oh. go." And so my friend at the time, she was like, "My mom is here to come pick us up." And literally by the time we got home, the party got shot up. So it was like my. By him. I don't know if it was by him or by not. But I just know that we, like the dogs, phones, huh? yeah. No, I didn't like the, I, I, no, I didn't, no. But um, so he did, you know, just even going through school. Like, I didn't like school. Um, I was a smart girl. I am a smart girl. But I, school just wasn't my thing. I wanted to be a stripper when I graduated from college. I mean, from high school. I oh, you really to, did? Like, oh, I, I really were, wanted to so be a stripper. So why did I think you were
0: joking on the first
1: episode? I, when I said you were my just, name just was doing some, some, like,
0: kiki and stuff. Like, you no. legit wanted to be a stripper. right? No, that.
1: so we had... And where did conflict? that come from? Because I wanted to move out of my mom's house. I wanted to be on my own. And
0: I you just knew how much family. money they made, huh? Yeah,
1: because I, I had a friend that was a stripper. You and don't know what they so, go through, though. I did not know what they went through. But this is what I mean when I say, Dijon saved me. Because yeah. I had to think about him, and then it was like, okay, who's going to keep this kid? Then, you, you know, you're going to have to do other things. You're going to find yourself doing something strange for a piece of change to get a little extra money. Uh-oh. You know, back then, rent <laughs> for a one-bedroom apartment was like $400. Wow! So Ooh. it was like, in my mind, I'm like, I could do a couple of lap dances. I could do a couple of par- – not knowing – because I'm 14, right? Not knowing what lap dances and what private dances, what that leads to, and how most of the girls are drinking, drugging, doing all kind of things. And at the time, I, I never have been into smoking weed. Um, I didn't start drinking until, like, later on. I mean, I would drink a wine cooler or something, but not, like, let's go to the club. Let me you know, mm. I, I wasn't,
0: like, that. Until Getting all extra litty. No,
1: like, that wasn't my thing until I got older, but... Um, and so when I look at that, like it saved me. And then just going to school, like I legit wanted to finish school so that he would be proud of me. Like mm-hmm. my mom did not become a statistic, like she finished. And then I just kept saying like, well, when he grows up, you want him to finish. And so the, I didn't want the battle to be, well, mom, you didn't finish school, you know, so why do mm-hmm. I have to go? And then we had this um, project that we had to do for student government. And we had to do a 5, 10, and 15-year plan. And I think I said I wanted to retire from stripping in five years, not knowing that that it does not happen like that. Um, and I had it all planned out, right? So, my, so I saw get in the car. My dad, you know, he would pick me up, and he would take me to school.
0: And stripping.
1: I had this big poster board that I'm all proud because I stayed up and worked on biggest day I think I took like somebody's body from a jet magazine and then like cut out my face you know how they have the Mm -hmm. jet beauty of the week Mm -hmm. with their swimsuit so I like cut her body out and then I put my face on top and I was like my stripper um picture and so my dad was like what's that
2: and I was like oh this is this is my plan and you know this is what I'm gonna do and he was like
1: stripper Sentiment. You told your daddy? Oh yeah, I tell I tell my daddy wow. everything. I didn't oh, I'm about know. to pass that. that's so I,
2: interesting. I, I did.
1: And so he was like, Girl, you ain't gonna and my dad didn't cuss, okay? My and oh. my, first of all, my dad If I told my
0: daddy I wanted to be a stripper I'd have been cursed. Yeah, I he
1: think didn't, I would have gotten hell and so that day he was like, You ain't gonna this is how my dad would talk and he would get like excited. He was like, Girl, You ain't going to be no damn stripper. (laughs) And that's how I knew that he was mad. (laughs) Because he got to shaking his head and his eyes were closed and it just like, it mustered up like all this anger, you know what I mean? And he didn't yell, my, and, like he didn't yell until he was mad mad. Like that's when you knew that he was mad. But, and so, you know, and so I was just like, well, why not? Because I can make this, and this is in my mind, right? Like this is my mind. I'm like, but why not? And I can move out the house and then you guys will not have to help me by this and by that. And he was like, Cassie, you, you're not going to be a stripper. And so I was mad. And he was like, you going to go to college? And I was like, I'm not going to college. I hate school now. Why would I want to go? And then so we had to like have a whole come to Jesus moment. And so after that, um, I always did hair. I always knew I wanted to do hair. We had two beauty schools down the street from the high school. I used to see the girls walking in their all black smocks because back in the day you used to have to wear your all black, black smock, yeah. And then you would have to pull your um, your cart with all of your stuff. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have like the fancy bags that we had, you know, going to cosmetology school. They had that cart, and I was like, I want to do that. And he was like, You're not going to cosmetology school either. You going to college? <laughs> That's what he thought. That's the, and I was like, <laughs> and Here you are, uh, <laughs> the whole have, license. I don't want to go to college. And he was like, You, you need to. Find, find something that you want to do. And so I was like, okay. So I ended up going to a JC. Um, I had two years to figure out something that I wanted to do. And I remember calling my grandmother and talking to her, like, I don't know what I want to do. My dad is saying i got to go to college. And she was like, but well, what do you love to do? And I was like, I love doing hair. And she was like, well, do that. And I was like, but my dad said I can't go to cosmetology school. She was like, well, what else do you want to do? And I was like, well, I love clothes, I love fashion, and you taught me how to sew. And she was like, do that. So I was like, okay. So I ended up going, I graduated, I got my AA. I went to a um, fashion design school. I got my bachelor's in design and marketing. Mm-hmm. And then um, that didn't pan out because what they don't tell you is all the money that you need to start a line. And so I was working full-time at a cellular company. I was making great money, which is a whole nother thing thing that I wish I would have saved. I had a 401k. I had all these things that, you know, my dad told me to do, but I didn't understand why I was doing it. You know what I mean? Like, I think at the time they matched, the the match was like 10%. So that was a lot back then. And they gave wow. us, yeah, they, working at that company, they gave us so much and I wish I would have done more. Um, and so my, I would talk to my dad about that. And he told me, you know, like how much it take out because my dad did taxes and he did real estate and so I would just ask him stuff and then I just ended up um, going into education going back to school getting my master's in education and the whole time I was just like I don't this ain't what I want to do you know because hair was always my love and cutting up jeans and ripping up t-shirts and bleaching stuff which like right I do now and I was like when I would do that there was so much joy in it and I, I would tell my dad along the way, like, Daddy, like, this is not what I want to do. And he'd be like, "Girl, but you make good money because he came from that
2: generation that time where that you go to school to take care of your kids. Yes,
1: and he, and that was his thing. You got that baby, you got to take care of him because he used to always tell me, "I'm not gonna be here forever, so you have to know how to take care of yourself." And all that he was trying to do was to get me to know how to take care of me and my son because he knew how much I depended on him. You know, like, he, mm-hmm. he knew.
0: Because he knew the man that he was. He knew the...
1: Exactly. And it would be times where, like, I would have the money, but I didn't want to spend my money. So I would call my dad, and he'd be like, come on, come get my car. And I'd be like, okay. And I'd drive over to my dad's <laughs> house. You know what I mean? So Just because... I you
2: feel like it affected your your relationships with men now?
1: I think... Um, so. So now... My desires are different. Before, what I wanted in a man was the surface stuff. I wanted him to be tall. I wanted him to, you know, of course, be fine. I wanted him to. You still want that? Y'all. I mean, I still want that, but it's different. You know, like I wanted him to have um, to have it all together, and I wanted him to be able to do things like with his hands. Like that was a big thing for me. Can you hang the TV on the wall? Because you're not. Because I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Um, Do you know how to, like, fix the car? Like, can you put the bed together? Like, just stuff that, like, I would call my dad for. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like, okay, well, what if he doesn't know how to do those things? Because, like, my son doesn't know how to do that kind of stuff. My son would be quick to call, like, a handyman. And I'm like, okay, I'm cool with that, too, because you got the money to do it. So does that make you less of a man because you don't know how to do it? Because I'm holding you to this standard that you may not have had another man in your life to teach you how to do these things. So does that make you a man? Because to me, I want somebody that's going to pray for me, that's going to cover me in prayer, where I feel safe with, that I can talk to you. That's gonna, we're going to be able to grow together. So how that affected you know, my relationships, it, it changed because I ultimately looked at what my dad did, and it was those things. It was he prayed for me, he
0: protected me, and I felt safe. You know, with him. But that that brings me to my next point of when we're looking at our relationships, and not just like our partnering relationships, but even our friendships. Finding relationships that have purpose in them, because we don't have time to play games with people and the time that we have and we spend with them. We need people who um, are building us up as we are building them up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We need people who are, um, I think you said it to me not too long ago, but a while ago. Like, every time you called me for something, I was there. Mm -hmm. Every time you were like, I got a project. Can you make it?
2: And I know your schedule. I I, I was there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm
0: saying? I think maybe one or two, I was like, I'm already booked. But people who feed you, Mm -hmm. people who service you, and you are able to do the same thing in their lives. And those are purpose relationships they are critical in our lives we we don't need people who are just biding our time or just using us you know what I'm saying and so even in a relationship with a partner I think for me that's a part of why I am single at this point in my life right now because the men that I have come by don't want to grow don't want to move forward, they're okay with being mediocre. Mm. And I've always known that whoever my husband is is going to be somebody very, very special because I know where I'm going as far as I, I see the projection of where God wants to take me. I don't have the full picture. No one does. But I, I know that it's someplace that he is calling to have both discipline and um, a lot of integrity and um, a lot of responsibility. Mm. And I need someone who can stand with me, have those same things, and move forward in that with me. And that's not someone who agrees with sitting in their BS.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: That's someone who's like, you know what, I take responsibility for that. All right, now how are we going to go to the next level with this? Or
1: somebody that's still trying to discover, like, their purpose. Ex- and not well, purpose can
0: change. Like you have your universal purpose, yeah. And then I'm you have your about, seasonal purposes. I'm talking about all of it. But those the seasonal ones come as that, you move through life. As you, it does. Yeah, because you
1: you all you know you'll start here and God will move you to something yeah. else. But I just mean like the purpose of you as a man. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like what your full purpose is, like what and how God intended you and why He created you to be a man. Yeah. And I think that has that's something that I seek differently than before like my definition of a man was you know can you buy me stuff you know um can you take me places that I don't I don't even need that Mm -hmm. you know like now I look at a marriage and I look at the relationship that I want and that I desire is are you submitted to God do you what is your relationship with God look like like can is it something where i can come alongside and help you versus you doing you know your thing and then i'm doing my th- like can i don't we grow can together? we grow together like when it's time to fast am i gonna have to bite your head off to get you to fast you know am i gonna have to bite your head off when it's time for or us do to, I go? Have to just
0: go to god and pray for you right you know and there are some people who you do have to do who well, you for. do have to do yeah. that for. you just gotta go to god and be like all right god you know i'm mm-hmm. not gonna be the nagging wife <laughs> or <laughs> the Bible says that only God can change mm-hmm. the heart of a man. Mm-hmm. So touch his heart. Because I'm not going to be that person, but I will be an example. I feel like you were about to say something.
2: I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you had like an asshole. <laughs> I don't, I lost it, whatever it was. No little, no joke. No. It, was, it was coming and then it left. And then it left. Okay, it's <laughs> going to come back. I don't remember back. what you said that, I think I just resonated with some of the things you were saying. It's Okay. It's all good. I think it's when you said the Bible said, what did you say? God is the only one that can change a man's heart? Can't I think that over, man. that just hit me, That touched me. Yeah. And
0: I think sometimes, too, another thing that God was sharing with me for a while is we don't always get the men we want as the fruit tree, bearing fruit. Sometimes we get him in seed form. And sometimes it's up to us as the women to cultivate that seed. Mm-hmm. Cause he knows we can do it.
2: But see, that's where I think I'm unsure. Because, like I said before, how I was raised and how I look at relationships—how do you know when it's a seed that is supposed to be poured because into? Because he's and grow? willing
0: to grow. He's willing to learn. He's willing to move forward. I don't have to have the man that has it all. I just have to have the man that's willing. Yeah, but if you willing to, to walk time. with me, if you willing to learn to pray with me, if you willing to grow with me and tell me my drawers is dirty and I can tell you your drawers is dirty. If we can cultivate each other and take each other to a next level because ultimately marriage is the image of God in this earth. When he made Adam and Eve, He made them to become one, Mm -hmm. and that's why Satan hates marriage so much. You can live with a man and be Gucci, but you start getting spiritual warfare when you start talking about cultivating a marriage, cultivating a family. That's when the enemy comes up against you, because it's the image of God in this earth, that oneness, that unity, that Mm -hmm. family, growing our kids up like you were Mm grown up in.
2: So do you feel like you should... Sow the seed with the, not sow the seed. Like, let's say you are given a seed. Do you feel that if it's not marriage, that means you're not supposed to water that seed? Or do you guys believe that sometimes you are meant to, you're only there to water that seed and then it's a
0: season and you're you're meant to move on All to the next person? All of my relationships have been me watering seeds, mm-hmm. but I've always known it. Mm-hmm. God would specifically put me in relationships to water the guys that I was with. And I got to the point where so I was like, I'm about? tired of watering other yeah. people's me and God. Because let me tell you how bad it was. After they left me, after they left a relationship with me, they'd get married. They'd go get married. Mm-hmm. They would get married. And I knew that I was there to cultivate them. I knew it. I knew they weren't the one for me. But I knew I had something that they needed to take them to their next level. And I was like, who watering mine? Yeah, I don't think I'm. Who's watering my (laughs) husband, God? Because I'm tired of watering these men's women. I mean, these men's women. These These women's 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 men. men. Like I'm tired of it, and so that's why I haven't dated more recently. Because I specifically told God, I'm tired of fixing everybody else's man except mine. Bring me mine, (laughs) because they they would all get married.
1: I I think because my ex, we broke up, and I we still went through this like crazy period. We were broken up for some time, but then when we were still in each other's faces and we, like, he would date somebody else, I would date somebody else, but then ultimately he ended up getting married. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what was that about? Like, I don't, I don't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think in my mind, I gave too much, not in my mind, in reality, I gave too much of myself. Um, like, I was doing wifely duties in a relationship that, Mm -hmm. one, I shouldn't have been doing. Like, I gave time, talent, treasure, you know what I mean? Like, money, you know, Mm -hmm. like, we lived together. We did a whole lot of stuff Mm -hmm. that was just like, yeah, you don't. And, again, you know, my dad was like, this is not what you should be doing. But me thinking, like, I know everything was just like, but we're going to get married. And we did. We, You know, we had planned on getting married, um, and it just didn't work out and then i was left with this like pain like mm-hmm. this gut wrenching that i loved you i gave all of myself to you yeah. and in my mind i did things like i cooked i cleaned you know i went to work we were both still in school like mm-hmm. i made sure that he had i was taking care of my son and i'm doing all of this and it was just like for you to be able to walk away yeah and that it took years For me to be able to kind of, like, get over it. Like, he's gone. He's married. He has other kids. Because you were
0: giving out of imbalance. I gave
1: just too much imbalance. Because you were giving
0: and you weren't also receiving either.
1: I received, but it wasn't what, it was what everybody else was telling me. that I received what I thought I wanted.
0: You weren't receiving what you needed.
1: Right, I received what I thought I wanted. I didn't yeah. receive anything of what I needed. Yeah. I didn't need to give of myself like that in the first place. And so the little that he gave, and I'm not speaking of like finances or anything like that, but it just, emotional security, it emotional that's a big that. one for us. And all of winning. those things that, like in a marriage, in my mind, I was doing this because this is this is going to show him that I could be a wife. You know, I was like 22, 23, and I was like, I'm gonna show him that when he comes home and I can
0: cook, and I can clean, and the sex is great. But I think mm. that's the difference between us as women and men. Immediately, when we look mm-hmm. at a man, a lot of times we'll be like, could he be a husband? Yep. Do. And the men just be like, I kind of like her. Yep. She got a nice body. She, has, she a got, body. got a cute face. jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, she's got a brain in there. Mm-hmm. It's like they take it step by step, mm-hmm. and they're in the moment. And where then we're we like show five years from now. Yep. And they're like, why are you tripping on us? And we're right. like, you yeah. could
1: have been my husband. Like, yep. eh, we we already started planning a wedding. Hold and on. And they just like, they not even they ain't even <laughs> planning the date night yet.
0: yet. Right. Then why you here? Because uh, mm-hmm. you were really nice and I like mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and I like hanging yeah, out with you. simple for you? Pretty yeah. much. You put
1: my resume together.
0: Pretty, Pretty much. much. Right. <laughs> I thought you were a nice woman. Yeah, you're funny. And now you want to hop into getting a whole ring. Yep. I, I like just tacos. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely think that your purpose has to align. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You should not be looking at a man and be like, mm, can I straight up marry you right now? Like, that's not realistic for every situation. There are some people that does happen for, because the man is ready for that. He is looking mm-hmm. for that. But there are some people who you have to take in seat form. Not saying that you need to wait 10 years, because that's absolutely ridiculous if absolutely. you are doing that. Why are you guy doing guy. that? Mm-hmm. Um, don't do that. That's absolutely ridiculous if you're waiting that long. Because well, he waiting. has no plan for you. You're a placeholder at that point. Like, he's just keeping you there until he finds the woman that he actually wants to marry if he has not done that. Now, I understand, like, he, if he's getting ready. Because there are some men who gonna do say, want I'm going to say, what if get they're not married. ready yet? Like,
2: because marriage does not necessarily... Marriage isn't easy. Marriage is not just okay. I love you, and I love, and you love me. So let's just do it. Like sometimes financially and family wise and everything, like it's about timing too. So how do you know when it's
0: time? No, what if it does take like an? I do have a friend. They were together seven years Mm -hmm. before they got married, but they also started the relationship in college.
2: Yeah, so they're still growing. So you know what I'm I'm saying? They
0: got. They literally grew into their adulthood together. I can understand that. I think that's usually. You know what I'm saying? I can understand a long relationship from college. If you're an adult in a long relationship and y'all been together 10 plus years, there's something that's not clicking and y'all need counseling in order. You know what I'm saying? Or you're a placeholder. It's. Pretty much that simple. Either he does not really want to be with you or what he's seeing or what you're seeing. You're not like, I can't marry that right now. I want to be with you, but there's something that's not clicking. And, and we ain't some men just it. don't want to get married. I do know a married. couple that has done that. They were together 10 years. They broke up for maybe like a year and a half. They came back. They went to counseling, fixed a lot of their issues, and then immediately got married right after that. Mm. But they were in that long relationship because they had issues they never dealt with. Mm. At the same time, it also could have been that he, he or she didn't want each other. They were just comfortable. Because a lot of people are in comfortable relationships, not purposeful relationships. Comfortable. You're there because I've invested this much time. You know, We got a house. We today. got a house. We, we got, got a kids. dog. We got a dog baby. We got a business. You know what oh, I'm we saying? Kids. We finally had a kid. Yeah. Or yeah, you know. some kids. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're, you're there because it's comfortable not because there's purpose between you two or in the relationship where you feel like this is the person I could really be with and I could really fulfill all the potential that is within me like they would push me and they would help me and they would support me no this is just what I've been in for the last four years and it's cool it's safe it's kind of sort of Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. or this is what I know Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in dysfunction, and so I'm in a relationship that's dysfunctional. This is what I know. I don't believe that I deserve a good relationship. I don't believe that I deserve a healthy relationship. I don't even know what that looks like. I I don't even know how to act in a healthy relationship.
2: A lot of people don't. A lot of people Mm -hmm. know how to talk about and theorize a healthy relationship, but a lot of people don't know how to actually be in it and practice it and live it. A healthy
1: relationship takes a whole lot of work. and It takes you looking at you. The it does. It's literally like this
2: mirror that gets put up to you, and you can't hide mm-hmm. your shit because they're calling you out on all your stuff. Mm-hmm. And you
1: have to talk about it.
2: You have to talk but about that scares it. People. You have to talk about it, okay? That the hard people. conversations. And oh my I God. And you have to keep was... talking about it. You don't get to just talk about it for yeah, a little bit. Because you got to heal I wasn't, yes. I wasn't good
1: at it. I would be like, okay, look, what's the problem? Okay, so how can we fix it? No, this one's a runner. I Yeah, yeah I don't. I She's a runner. Really? I just Why? I used to be. I'm, I, now I what can... What scares
2: you about talking? What's I think
1: the... Um, I used to be afraid of talking about things because it reflected things that I needed to work on. Mm. So then it made me feel like I wasn't good enough. So even in, like, friendships, if somebody brought to the table of, like, um, you know, you said this and you hurt my feelings... And it would be like, but you know me. You know that that's not my intent or that's not the type of person that I am to want to hurt your feelings. Mm-hmm. So then I would have to deal with, well, dang, like, well, what happened that I hurt his or her feelings, you know? Um, and then it, it, it was like, um, it was just a part of me that just didn't feel good enough. Like, I would be, um, what's the word? Like, not neglected, but not accepted. And so there was a huge part that just needed to be accepted and that needed to be, um, like, people-pleasing. You know, like, I was... Where did that come from? I think it came from... I mean, it obviously has to come from childhood. Um, I think at one point in time just not being seen for, like, me. You know what I mean? And... Having a child so young, I didn't get to grow into me. I grew into being a mom. So when people saw me, they didn't see me for my gifts, my talents, the things that I really liked. They saw me as being a mom. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm, I don't have to operate in the mom role like I did because, you know, my son is grown. He's, a, he's an adult. So now it's like, I don't, that fear of not being good enough or not being worthy or trying to people please, I don't, I don't have to run from it because I accept me. Um, and then, you know, my relationship with God is completely different. It's, it's a relationship like the one that he desires. Um, and part of the reason why I was so mad at God, you know, when he, when my dad passed away, cause I just felt alone. And I was like, why would you, like, why would you take my daddy here and give me a husband? Like, that's not how that's supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be on this earth alone. And I was, like, mad for months after my dad passed. And once I got over, he was like, okay, are you ready to have this conversation? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you know, you went to your daddy before you even came to me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm your father. I'm the one that provides for you, that covers you, that protects you, that makes sure that you have all of your needs. And, the, and he was like who do you think gave you your daddy? I did. He was my child before he was your daddy. And so I had to like ask for forgiveness. And so now the relationship that I have with God is he has been growing me in him. So the people pleasing that automatically goes away. Um, Certain friendships, you know, I had to walk away from like, I've, I've always been attracted to people who are disciplined because I'm not disciplined because I admire that. In that person, like, dang, like, you can do this consistently. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. But then I realized you can do that, too. Yeah. And once I started to sit back and really just break it down, it was just like, this is an active part of loving yourself. And so when you really understand, okay, once God loves me, okay, I can to mirror that back to me is that I need to love myself. So now I need to activate this part of discipline and this part of loving myself so that I'm not looking forward looking for it in anyone else. Yeah. And so that that completely changed the part of not feeling worthy. It was just like where did that come from? And that was just the enemy just keeping, you know, keeping my mind like filled with all of this negative self-talk
0: about myself like where did it come from? But I think that that happened from the various traumatic Things that you've experienced in your life, right? Mm-hmm. It's those subconscious voices, mm-hmm. you know, that you hear, like... And not knowing. And not, not realizing that that's where it
1: Yeah, and it then came you from. hear them and not knowing how to shut it out or how to, yeah. like, what to say Because you, it. you don't know that it's coming from Because you don't know. Like, you hear it, you see it, you feel it. I mean, there were so many... I had a traumatic situation that happened where I wouldn't date dark-skinned men because I was just like... Um, you know, I was raped, and the man that raped me was dark skinned. So I went for years not wanting to date a man that was dark skinned because it immediately reminded me of this person. And it wasn't the fact that I wasn't a virgin, it was just the fact that how it happened. You know, and it it, so it it put me in that that space of, like, when I'm around this man that's tall, bald, and dark. And who's to
0: say that the enemy doesn't already know the person that God has for you. Right. And attacks you in that way Mm -hmm. to keep you from purpose. Mm -hmm. Who's to say? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because that's what he does. He'll send the fake thing. Yep traumatize you with that. Mm-hmm. And then when the real things are, you're like, nah. Yep, that ain't <laughs> no, I don't want it. I don't want, it. It. I don't want yeah. it. And, like, I'll say for me personally, I, I've been very much against dating African men just because of my traumatic experience mm-hmm. being in an emotionally and mentally abusive, abusive relationship with one, and he was a narcissist. And he just seemed like the perfect, amazing guy on the outside And nobody got to see those flaws except Mm -hmm. me because he was the perfect person in public. He was like image a thousand in public. But because we talked every day, you can't hide every day from the person you're talking to. Mm -hmm. The real person is going to show up. You know what I'm saying? And so I know that it's very imperative that we do not allow the traumas of our past to dictate how we handle our future. You know, so I have been working on that for a minute. But I also think it's also imperative that we learn how to not run away from conflict, but run to conflict. Because in conflict is the growth, is the transformation. And that's what I've learned. Is everything I, that you need.
1: But it took so much to learn
0: that. <laughs> I believe it.
1: It took so much to learn it. And then it. I had to dig deep and say, okay, well, where we're, were the first lessons in this? And why did you allow this to stick to you? Mm-hmm. Who told you that you mm-hmm. wasn't good enough?
0: Yep. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Because the minute you find out what the root is, the minute you find out what the source of your pain is, you can fix it. Mm -hmm. So don't run away from why do I feel that way. Run Mm -hmm. to it so that you can heal. I agree. I think
2: a lot of people don't like to process their feelings because it's uncomfortable. A lot of people I know don't really care to cry or get emotional and go through those phases. Or see it as a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they see it as a sign of weakness. But what happens is, like, as you bury that and continue to bury it, when it does come up, like you said, you don't know the source of it. So now you got to pull everything out. It's like yeah. going through the closet. i got to take all this stuff yep. out yep. so I can <laughs> identify you it you what already you know <laughs> I gotta identify where it's coming from but had you started processing it when it happened and allowed yourself to feel it when it happened mm-hmm. then you won't you don't have to stuff it it's it's not to say that it won't come up again and yeah. it won't be a new layer that you have to mm-hmm. work through yep. but you'll be more familiar with it and it won't be some old old wound that you never yeah. tended to yeah. I know when I was in a Band-Aid dating over. this
0: guy yeah. previously um, he would do some things, and I would take a minute, and I would tell him, I say, when you do that, it triggers how my father made me feel, mm. um, and I'm not blaming what he did on you, but I'm asking you not to do that, mm-hmm. because I know where it came from, and it made me uncomfortable, and it makes me feel a certain way, and I don't like it personally, so could you not do that because it's triggering old wounds and it's not healthy. For
2: did me. he respect that and not do it? or did I mean, he,
0: he understood for sure. Mm-hmm. He definitely understood for sure. Um, I don't think he was perfect at it, right? but you know, he, you know, everybody processes differently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and his process of healing or taking things in probably was like, all right, this is the issue. We'll push it to the side. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, My process is let's deal with it, you know, and confronting issues was not generally a strong suit for him, and he had to continue to learn that. So, and he still is, but, you know, here we are. Hmm. I'm over there, he's over here, whatever. Right. (laughs) It is what it is. Yeah, Yeah, that's the tough
2: part when you're not growing and processing at the same rate. The pace has to be not the same, but it has to be – for progressing at a pace that makes sense for both parties. And you yeah. gotta give yourself grace. You gotta give yourself and the other person grace. Yes, yeah. and mm. the other person. Because there are people,
0: we, we put grace. too much weight on people. Yep, mm-hmm. too much. We expect them to be like us or we expect them to do, you know. Or just expect. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good one. It's just, just expect. And now I'm just like, nope. But well, guys, thank you so much for joining in with us. Follow, like, share. Um, we really appreciate this time with you, this time yeah, that we get to be vulnerable. Amazing. And we will check you out on the next podcast. We love you guys so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.